Hello, and welcome to another Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Sizer, and I'm also an editor at Light Reading. I'm Dave Carroll. I'm an AVP of Network for AT&T. Dave, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks. Appreciate you having me. Podcast. Yeah. So uh, where are you? Uh, uh, where are we reaching you today for, for folks who are uh, uh, not able to see you? Where, where, where are you hiding? <laughs> uh, today I'm based out of Seattle. I've been around the horn a couple of different uh, states and markets, but currently uh-huh. residing out of Seattle. Fantastic. Uh, but the thing we're going to be talking about today is uh, is not happening uh, in North Texas, where AT and T is based. It's not happening in Seattle. It's in Arizona, in the uh, uh, in in the desert. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about the uh, uh, preparations for uh, the Super Bowl, and uh, and since we're editorial, we can say Super Bowl. I've noticed there's a lot of. Uh, it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of hand wringing and in, in uh, podcast and other things where they try to do a commercial about something happening related to the mm-hmm. big game um, that keep that cracks me up. But uh, so I guess I'll get straight into it. I, I mean, the first thing I want to know for from uh, you know from your perspective is what kind of network additions or network uh, enhancements are required to support. Uh, a game or an event like the Super Bowl that has this massive amount of people concentrated in a very specific space. Yeah, so let me give you some context. So um, before I jump right into the Super Bowl itself and the venue, I'm going to kind of give you sort of more of a broader Arizona outside in and kind of what AT&T has been doing. So over the last two or three years, we've been you know, heavily investing into our first net networks across the state of Arizona. We've invested over $675 million in the state of Arizona over the last three years with $375 million of that being focused into the Phoenix, Mesa, Glendale areas, you know, greater Phoenix metro. Um, so those are those are numbers from the last couple of years. Certainly we massive investment going in in 2022, which I don't have the numbers out on yet, but let me just tell you it's significant because <laughs> we've been doing yeah. a lot of great work. And uh, so, and that's, incre- that's significantly increased the footprint across the entire state of Arizona. A lot of that's to really support our first responder networks and, uh, and customers. And so lots of investment going into the broader Arizona area. And then, like I said, lots going into the Phoenix area in particular. And then as you think about Phoenix, as we start getting into the game and what's going on here and what things we're doing around there, of course, one of our top priorities has been getting our uh, our mid-band spectrum out there uh, throughout the greater Phoenix area, our new 5G mid-band spectrum, I should clarify. Um, so we've been aggressively pursuing that and getting that throughout the city of Phoenix and the surrounding communities, Glendale, Mesa, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of been job one and one of the big focus things we've been doing on a on a longer term horizon coming in towards Super Bowl. Because as you guys know and can imagine, these things don't happen quickly. You know, building networks takes years. So multiple years of planning to work into this this arena. So, you know, first and foremost, lots of densification with small cells and mid-band 5G spectrum throughout the greater Phoenix area. As we sort of move in towards game day, it's really about making sure there's lots of different events going on, as you guys probably can imagine. There's 10 or 12 different event venues where there are things going on through the course of the weekend, et cetera. So we've got um, some mobile, uh, if I kind of come from outside in, we've got some mobile, what we call cows, sell on wheels. You're probably familiar with the terms. Um, but we've got those in three or four different locations in support of different events going on. Uh, Margaret T. Hans Park, for example, is one of the big event venues going on. So we have a you know a, a pretty a pretty robust cow at that location. Um, but we've got we've got three or four others. We've got the Arizona Fairgrounds, 
gobbled up by ESPN fan zone, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the, uh, the sort of, um, the training centers where we got a lot of the, the main, you know, facilities and first net responders and people gathering, et cetera. So got a lot of the mobile networks kind of on the outside, those other venues, people are visiting. We've got a lot of capacity upgrades to this. So if you start thinking about places like the Phoenix convention center, um, there's, you know, accreditation things going on in places like that. Um, we've got, we've, you know, added, you know, capacity to those kinds of venues along with places like footprint center. So these places, these other events are going on. We've been adding incremental capacity. We've had good networks there. We often have, you know, in building systems there, but as you start to have this massive influx of people in such a short concentrated, we've really tried to beef up capacity in all those areas. And then as you get closer to the stadium itself, all the stuff around it, the, the, uh, you know, tailgating areas, the parking lots, et cetera. We really beefed up all the all the poles and antennas outside of that stadium. We've probably put in over 65 to 70 different poles. We're carrying all of our spectrum in these things. We're putting in LTE and we're putting mid-band 5G. We're putting in millimeter waves. So putting in a lot of extra capacity. You know, a typical game probably wouldn't have to do that much. Um, but, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event for a lot of people. And we want to make sure they have the best customer experience. So we're putting all of our assets in there, uh, our best foot forward. And uh, so it should have significant incremental capacity outside the stadium. And then, of course, as you get into the stadium, you know, we've got over 2,000 antennas, you know, 10 to 15 miles of fiber between the outside and the inside, uh, adding all these incremental antennas into the network. We've got all of our bands of spectrum deployed in there. And so we really expect, uh, you know, our customers to have a, a spectacular experience. And we're excited about all the opportunity to really ramp up this, you know, investment in the area. And of course, the best part about this is is not just, you know, being ready for game day, but thinking about the fact that m- most of this, other than those mobile cows, is really all permanent infrastructure investment from the C-band throughout the city, throughout the broader state, and then all those, you know, antennas and small cells around the stadium itself and all that stadium work, all that stuff stays. So this is just a long-term investment that uh, the people, the greater Phoenix area, and then people are coming to visit for these kinds of, uh, these kinds of activities are all going to benefit for a long time to come. Yeah, and I saw that you're also deploying um, CRDs or compact um, rapid deployables. Can you talk a little bit about my, what what that entails? What those are? Yeah, they're just like a much smaller, uh, much smaller unit, almost the size of a like a small generator or something. Not small generator, like household generator, but small, more like commercial size generator. But you can put them on the back of a the back of a rack on the back of a truck and move them out. So they're much more portable, lighter weight. You know, you don't have to have a huge trailer behind you and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we've got uh, with our first net teams and kind of making sure we're prepared for, you know, any event of any challenges, we've got, you know, four different sat colts around the city kind of stationed in different places, incremental to the, to the big cows for the kind of broader commercial traffic service. And those are just different types of of deployables that we can that we can kind of get moving quickly. They don't take as much, like I said, to, to get ready to pull on a truck or whatever. They can move them from point A to point B real quick on very short notification and and get them stood up. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me about the um, uh, the planning and installation process and the investment. It, it's it's certainly not a um, uh, a thing that everybody rushes to do. It's something that you've had on the you know, in the in the plan for quite a long time. Um, how long would you say that that installation and sort of planning process takes? I mean, judging by your comments, I'm I'm going to say 
several years or at least a couple of years. Um, is it is it a, is it a specified time by the time you know between the time that you find out where the host city is going to be and then kind of the uh, um, you know where you sort of start aiming resources uh, early on? Yeah, it's a it's a two to three year process. As soon as we know that next venue, uh, Vegas is the next venue, Legion Stadium out in that area. Uh, my teams will be managing that one as well. So we're kind of in both phases of the finishing up and executing one and getting ready for the next, et cetera. So yeah, it's a two to three year horizon of thinking through, you know, and you also have these technology evolutions that tend to be, you know, creeping into the middle of the plan and whether right. that technology is going to be ready for the next installation of the next Super Bowl or not. So there's always these little, even if you've kind of done it before and you think you have the play, there's always these factors you have to kind of consider as you go. Yeah. Um, kind of more, more on a, on this same idea of, of just sort of ge geography and scale. Um, does the installation and sort of upgrade uh, cycle for an event, you know, a host city like like Dallas or Phoenix, does that look a lot different than a host city like New York or Boston because of the relative density? Because what one of the things you that uh, you reminded me of when you were talking about all the different events that were <clears throat> spread out is that the Phoenix Metro and the DFW Metro in, <clears throat> in particular are so big geographically. You know, they're just they're that's it's it's quite a task to be able to provide adequate coverage to these uh, to these areas. Um, do, does that does the actual location change? I imagine Las Vegas is too, but Las Vegas is kind of more concentrated right around the stadium area. Uh, maybe I should just shut up and let you answer some part of that question. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you almost take that Vegas contrast, right? I mean, clearly this trip will be a, a huge set of things. You've got big things like the Las Vegas Convention Center that have events going on year round that I'm sure will have a lot of NFL. Um, I don't know for sure yet. I'm not looking at my Vegas plans, but presumably lots of stuff going on at places like that. Um, Phoenix does create some different challenges. I mean, it does mean, you know, for us getting that 5G midband spectrum out into broader Phoenix area because you, you don't control and people are going from one side of the city to the other side of the city to capture events is a little different um, because it's a you have to take that as more of a holistic view of getting the city as much up to speed as you can and then really trying to tackle the known locations the NFL tells us about, about we think we have events going on here and there. And even for them, things are changing. So, you know, even six months out, you may get a new venue location that they've made some decisions on that we have to rapidly sort of iterate on and figure out how to solve for. Is the existing network going to be enough to handle that thing? Um, <clears throat> so it's a little different from city to city. L.A. was a little more concentrated, for example, for SoFi because they had all of that infrastructure that was almost all brand new and most of it was kind yeah. of right there. Right. Um, so this is a little different because it is definitely more stretched. And uh, so we've been trying to sort of each event and each Super Bowl will think about those differently in that planning process. I'm trying to that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And I appreciate the, the, the difficulty and, you know, getting it right for each city because everything, every single, even though you're the technology and the intent and the, you know, kinds of connectivity are going to be the same the way you do it is completely different. You almost have to start, you know, more or less start over every time uh, you change, because they, like you said, these cities are similar in some ways, but w once you get there, <laughs> it could, it, it, mm -hmm. it's a completely different uh, uh, set. Uh, Kelsey, were you going to move on to the next question or do you want to, do you have some other follow-up or do you want me to keep going? 
Yeah, no, I, I was um, curious about, um, you know, you mentioned that uh, some of the infrastructure will is is more permanent. Um, so how how do you kind of balance the um, investment risk and and payoff and putting so much into an event like this and um, you know time and money and and working with local municipalities? How how do you balance all of that? I'll tell you, it's tough. It's uh, <laughs> it's sort of like the million dollar question, literally, right? So, yeah. um, it's you know you have to take the long view of it a little bit. I mean, to to be making the kind of investments we're making in the network and in these locations, you have to. You have to take the long view to that's my point about it being permanent. It's not something we're you know, going to do now and then have to rip out and these kind of things. And so um, when you take the long view of it, these are really, in many cases, fast forwarding the evolution of technology you would need to probably put into that venue over time or in those locations over time. We're always on this sort of technology evolution path of adding capacity to places that have existing networks today that perform well today. But as the handsets keep getting faster, demand keeps going up. We keep adding layers capacity. So um, I kind of think of it as it's a it's a sort of an advancement of investment um, in a given geography, maybe ahead of some other place that doesn't have you know, a huge event like this going on. But then you can balance out over. Well, now I've pulled all that forward. I don't have to necessarily invest at that same level in these geographies because I brought so much of it forward and I have that permanent infrastructure and it gives me that capability. It's just sort of prioritizing which place you're going to get it sooner. That's how I think about it. Interesting. What, um, you know, I, I guess the, uh, from the network planning perspective, uh, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but from like when you're, you know, from your background, you're looking at, uh, how to plan for the best possible network, you know, coverage and everything like that. When when there is a small geography, relatively speaking, and you know that tens of thousands of people are going to be descending on that space or in that area at the same time, from a network perspective, what are what are some of the things that can go wrong? Um, you know that that you kind of have to uh, uh, anticipate and plan for. Well, certainly, you know, when you're when you start to take a larger group of people, put them in a small area, and maybe it's not consistent, like take a Margaret T. Hans Park, where that park doesn't need the kind of capacity we're going to need for these events this weekend on a regular basis. That's when we choose to go with, you know, the the mobile option, right? Because um, we don't need that much, you know, those, those cows, the big super cows, kind of almost a lot of investment there. But that's the benefit is that we can move them around, use them for that sort of hot spot nature traffic. Obviously, you know, always trying to make sure you have power. I mean, for, you know, all these events, it's usually power and telco are, are your kind of big risk points. And so it's uh, the best thing you can really do um, is try to get this stuff built ahead of time to give enough time to soak and sink and make sure that any kinks, especially when you're doing things like mobile, because you're it's almost like, you know, we were talking about starting our podcast today. There's always little nuances to any given to any given event, right? Yes. That it worked this way over here, but why, I don't know why it's even the same equipment, the same people, the same stuff doesn't necessarily work exactly the same over here. So, you know, the goal is to try to get some of that stuff counted for early, and then you have chances to work through the little nuances. But uh, teams do a great job of reacting regardless um, to figure out how to close ranks on that. A lot of these guys are really seasoned veterans and have been doing this for many years. Some of them have been through these Super Bowl iterations in Phoenix alone. So, um, so they, they've they've seen a lot. They've adjusted to do a lot. They learn a lot, and so each time they just keep getting a little bit better at it. Excellent. Uh, 
Yeah, I imagine that's that's probably the case too, um, to some degree for working with the first responders in different areas. Um, uh, you know, do you have best practices that you can apply um, everywhere? But then you kind of have to be flexible depending on um, you know what the what the local group is is doing. Yeah, we certainly have like our first responder teams. We got a big nationwide organization that really handles that, and they're. They're definitely uh, going to be heavy presence here at events like this. They have all that national learning from doing you know, lots of things from first responder, very specific kind of events to massive public entity event, things like this. And certainly that's the benefit of that national organization, that team understanding what's going on and learning from each experience and bringing it forward on every event we have. Right. And so, yeah, we've got some great first net teams down there out of the national group, as well as local folks that'll be on hand at the operations centers. And, uh, you know, they're the ones you know, coordinating with the cities and making sure we got the SAT cult set up in the right places. If the city, you know, had an issue and needed some help, they've coordinated all those efforts. So certainly that group, um, you know, and, and of course, it's the same people that deal with all the disaster recovery problems and stuff, right? All of our natural disaster stuff. So they're a super talented wealth of knowledge. Um, and when you see these guys get into action, if required, it's, it's a pretty amazing uh, group of people. Yeah. That's it's good to good to know that that's uh, be, be in the plan as well because that's that's obviously they're the ones uh, for all the communication that's going to be happening that weekend uh, <laughs> or that week. <laughs> we definitely don't want to uh, leave them out. Um, uh, let's see. So so in the spirit of the the big game, let's get let's uh, if you had to award some technology uh, MVPs for your uh, your build out, uh, would you say it was it fiber and mid band spectrum? I think those would be the the shoe ends. Uh, are, are there any others that I'm uh, any other types of tech that you uh, that, that you say, well, we couldn't we couldn't get through the week without this? I think the millimeter wave in the stadium itself is a is a big, you know, I would say from years past, you know, three, four, five years ago when we didn't have all that millimeter wave spectrum deployed, we were putting them into certain venues um, at a and the few that we did much at a much smaller scale, you know. Um, I'd say that that's inside the stadium. Well, even outside, because we've got it on a lot of these poles and stuff all around the outside of the stadium. It's 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 a game changer in terms of how much incremental capacity it can add for you. So when you put the fiber together that's needed to support all that, of course, um, and then you put mid-band spectrum in there, 5G mid-band spectrum, and then you have the millimeter wave, you've got you've got quite a bit of horsepower. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, that millimeter wave is is a it's a a much maligned technology from from its early promise, but yeah, in, in areas like stadiums and sort of venues like that, it's it's absolutely uh, you can tell. Let's put it this way: <laughs> when you're that's right when, when you're walking around doing stuff, you can definitely tell when you're in uh, when you're in in range. Uh, Kelsey, um, last I, one. I was or? I was curious if there's any um, you know does halftime present any different issues or, you know, does the, uh, are, are there, you know, different demands on the network at that time? I imagine there's tons of people just like filming um, yeah. at that point, but it's probably throughout as well. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, halftime is, is the heavy demand period. You imagine if you just put yourself at the game, right? You're watching, you're watching, you're chit-chatting with whoever you're with or whatever, and then it kind of stops. It's going to be between setting up for the halftime show or whatever, and then bam, 
everyone hits the phone, right? <laughs> so yeah. right. so certainly the demand the demand spikes quite a bit. Um, the stadium, we've got some good setups in there with, with some antennas that are sort of focused on trying to hit that field area in particular, as opposed to hitting the seats and the bowls and people that are in the suites and stuff. We've got antennas that are focused right down at those areas um, to help the fact that there's all these people getting on the field to coordinate that's moving and it's moving you know, at a very quick pace. Um, so yeah, there, there are specific antennas up in the stadium sort of designated and targeted towards the field to help with that traffic. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a lot of traffic, which is why you need right. all this, <laughs> you need all this stuff in the stadium yeah, uh, sure. to try to handle yeah. it all. Yeah. Now people can download, um, you know, I, I think there's apps so you can, that you can download and, um, they'll do like a light show with your phone. And right. I I've heard about that. So that's another thing. I mean, they keep throwing yeah. more stuff at you guys. <laughs> they do. They do. I just want people to be there and enjoy the experience yeah. and remember that they're there because it is a, it is, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's certainly a, a once in a lifetime kind of thing. And, and uh, our goal is to make sure they have the best customer experience. The phone's doing what they want, when they want, where they're standing. Um, that's really the target of all this stuff. Um, and certainly it's, it's hard to manage when you have massive spikes in demand in certain periods. Uh, but that's why we've kind of thrown everything at it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, well, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up. Do you have any thoughts on the game itself? Do you, are you a, are you a Seahawks fan by, uh, by, by rooting interest? I am. I am. I've been up here some couple of different times through job rotations and, but long enough to say, yeah, I'm definitely a diehard Seahawks fan. And Hey, we had a, we had a pretty good year. We didn't so know what was going to happen. So, you had a great so, year when, when you come to Dallas and you go to a game there, isn't it weird that you can hear everything? Because, uh, like Dallas is like going to a country club. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a game, but it's not too terribly noisy, but in Seattle, you, you're, you're completely, uh, uh, you have to text everybody. You can't. They are. They are very different. That's for sure. You uh, I, I've been to both and, uh, and 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 yeah, they're different kind of environments for sure. Yeah, it's a, a, a I don't want to get you in trouble with the country club comment. That was that was mine. That was that was me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm the cowboy supporter of the group uh, reluctantly. But uh, but 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 grudgingly, I'm holding I'm, I'm hanging in there. Um, this is why I grind my teeth at night, by the way. But anyway, this is we're, we're straying into sharing too much uh, uh, territory. So it's a good time to wrap up. Uh, Dave Carroll, thank you so much for uh, for doing what you've done to get ready for the big game and also for uh, spending the time with us here on the podcast. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully everything goes swimmingly on uh, on that big day and through the through the weekend. And we expect a great customer experience. So thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs>